Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like, it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna, like that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. What's going on, family? It's your girl, Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of Street Politicians, the, the place, place where, where the streets, streets and, and politics, politics meet. It is moving on in 2023. It's almost the end of the month. Almost. One month mm-hmm. in. Hope you done did something different. Change your mindset. Change the way you eat. Me, I've been working out. My body's sore. My boy G over at Survive 41. Tear me up, man, but I, I need it. It's breaking down. Destroy the rebuild, man. So go over there, get you some classes. They do boxing. They do, you know, strength exercises, car, everything you need is over there. That's my 2023 um, workout plan, boxing. They say it, it can work out all of your body. They say it's going to work out my legs. That's what I really need. My physical area that needs work at this point, you know, of course, stomach is always an issue, especially as you get to be in your forties. Um, but I know for women, I'm sure for men as well, but the stomach part is always an issue, but I, I kind of have that under control slightly where I have issues is that after a while, 
when you gain weight, which I have, it turns into like a cottage cheese. Like it doesn't look smooth and like the skin stretched out properly on your, you know, lower extremities. So that's what I want to work on. And they tell me that boxing is going to help with my heart rate, my arms, my strength. And then of course, you know, helping me with my legs. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be uh, trying to do something other than relaxing and watching my Netflix shows when I'm on, um, I don't know, when I'm not working, which is not often, but still, you know, I like white people TV. I'm not going to lie. I have to admit this to myself because I was looking at Netflix the other day and I was looking at a good, looking for a good black show, you know, some kind of a show, some suspense. And when I started doing my research, like, you know, how you, 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 like I was choosing different shows it said on the top in the percentile area, which which is pretty much uh, identifying, it's tracking how much TV you watch and then like what are the shows that you're attracted to. And, and the percentage for all the Black shows was like 40%, 30%, 60% was the highest. But the white TV was all like 98%, 99 because I like the suspense of, you know, the way they have so much privilege, the way they get in trouble, the way that white people do on TV. Like we as Black people could never. And when we're watching Black people and we see, uh, our friend Emil was talking about this the other day too, how when we're watching Black people on TV and they do something completely outlandish, we like, man, I ain't watching this show. This is stupid. We know this. And that's that's part of the reason why sometimes I struggle with all of 50s, 50 cents shows, right? Because I'll just be watching it and it's good. I'm not saying it's not, but I'll be like, man, that you ain't, that's not going to happen in the real world. But the stuff that white people be getting away with, they do that. <laughs> they literally be doing some of this so you, stuff. So basically you watch shows based on white privilege. I, I like the white privilege shows. I ain't gonna lie. I'm I'm sorry. Oh, that mercy. This is the <laughs> activist about they like the white privilege shows. Lord, we ain't I gone. do. And then when yeah, I watch, but when I watch black TV, I like documentaries. I like you know movies about things that actually happened. In that, but no, but the reality is power and all that, like shit like that happened. They based off real yeah. stories. Come on, some of that stuff is outlandish. You but know what? that some of the stuff they get away with, they don't. The way they be killing and what they got away with, is niggas. They got it's documented that in the eighties, niggas was killing like that. They had bodies like that. It's it's niggas. If you look at their cases, they got cases for catching these bodies. This yeah. shit ain't all the way made up. It's right now you because we looking at technology. We looking at you know the way um, every state is basically a police state where it's cameras everywhere. But back then when they was outside like that and they was catching these bodies, you know it wasn't it wasn't the law enforcement wasn't even trying to stop them at that point. People in college, you you a college student. But then you go kill people on the lunch break and go back or or dealing. It's the- happening. It's heavy for me, but I'm not, listen, I'm not knocking it because I've watched it. Of course I haven't, I'm not really up on BMF, but I've watched all the other shows. I love it. I've watched Raising Canaan. So I'm not trying to say that I don't like it. I'm just saying that when I'm watching it, I start feeling like this right here, 
it's impossible. When I watch the white people doing it, I'm like, yep, that sounds like something you could get away with. That you, that cops pull you over, you got two bodies in the trunk, somebody laying down in the back seat. The person in the back seat, they say, oh, they sleeping, and the cops never say, well, wake them up. They don't do that for black people. But anyway, that's what I was doing during the holidays was catching up on a bunch of uh, TV shows, and I'm still kind of into it now. I'm watching Breaking Bad, which is pretty good. Um, so let me see. What are the news stories we're going to talk about today? There's a lot of things happening. You know what? I tell you one thing that no one else, you may not care about this, but I do. Cause I was trying to see what was going to happen with Alec Baldwin, right? Like he killed the lady on the set. And I'm sorry, I know for sure, or at least I believe strongly that if a black actor was on a set and killed a woman or any person with a gun that is actually supposed to, isn't it supposed, wasn't it supposed to have blanks in it in the first place? Like it's not even supposed to have real like things that could actually kill you, right? I think, I, I'm pretty sure that I read that a long time ago. It's been a while. But I think they would take you out in handcuffs and that you would have a, a charge. I mean, I don't know, because I'm just looking at the workplace I'm looking at, do they have intent? Do they have malicious intent? You know, I'm looking at the totality of it. I don't know. You know, I don't know. I don't know if he's he's the person that's completely responsible for him having a gun. I think the gun was on the set to be a part of the set. And there was an armorer, which is like in the Black church, we call him the armor bearer, who was supposed to be holding the gun. And then I guess at the point that he was he was using it, Alec Baldwin, instead of it having whatever it is that you could shoot it and it won't harm anybody, it actually had bullets in it. And um, and this woman was killed. Now, the reason why I brought it up is because now he's been charged with involuntary manslaughter. Him and the armorer has been charged. So that tells me somebody knows that what they were doing, they, they wasn't supposed to happen. But mm -hmm. and I was just wondering, and I'm sure involuntary manslaughter is something where they probably won't get a lot of time or anything like that, right? More than likely they won't. If it's involuntary, it means that it wasn't done purpose. It's, it's, it's basically just saying that you killed someone by accident. So, but manslaughter is by accident. Yeah, man. Any anything involuntary just means that it wasn't done purposely, and it probably wasn't with that. We got to. I want to look up to be specific, but I'm more, more, you know, almost sure. Involuntary it, means it was an accident, but someone died. So <laughs> anyway, they did charge him and the armorer with involuntary manslaughter. So for anybody that's wondering. How did Alec Baldwin just shoot and kill somebody and then get away with it? They have been charged. How that's going to work out in terms of jail time? I don't, you know, I'm, I don't I'm think up I don't, voluntary right now. Yeah, I don't think they'll get any jail time. But I definitely was like, huh? What? When I saw him in the news, I was like, oh, okay. There's follow up because in my mind, I was like, yep, they just gonna wipe it under the rug, swipe it under. What did they say? It's a misdemeanor. Yep, is defined as an unintentional killing that results either from reckless or criminal negligence. Reckless. Or from the permission of a low-level criminal act, such as a misdemeanor, involuntary manslaughter is distinguished from others of homicide because it does not require deliberation or premeditation. 
or even intent. Since these mental states are not required, involuntary manslaughter is the lowest category of homicide. Right. So, so listen, I don't think he meant to shoot the woman. Um, and you know, you don't seem to think that it's a sure a sure thing that if someone of color, I mean Latino, also somebody who was not filthy rich like Alec Baldwin shot somebody. I just don't know how easy it would be for in the beginning for it to just be so quiet. I think it would be something that was on the news being dragged out forever and ever and that the individual who committed the, the crime, quote unquote, would be somebody who, or, or they would have other opportunities that they lose because of it. Now, I can't say that that didn't happen to him. I'm just saying, I feel like it would have been different, but we do now know that both people are going to be charged at least. So that's a little update on something probably nobody else cares about with me, but some, but you know, I told you I'll be tracking white people's stuff. <laughs> so, you definitely do. You be on white people's stuff. Um, and now in other white people news, um, and this is something that, you know, is really, really serious. Actually, let me tell you why this is serious, right? First, Governor DeSantis, which is the governor in Florida. He is definitely, definitely, unless there's something in his background, some blackface or, you know, and even that, even that, I don't know. They don't care. It has to be something in his background that- yeah, if he would kill somebody, if he didn't kill nobody. No, I mean, there's some other things that he, he that could be in his background like what? that would invigorate I, he could, I don't know, but it, well, you're right, because if he raped a woman. You've you seen that, well, you've seen the Supreme that. Court, they give a fuck about that. But becoming president is a little different. But then Donald Trump said, grab him by the pussy, so. Exactly, so that's what I'm saying. Not many things, I mean, Joe Biden, it's a lot. Listen, these guys got a lot of things. They got a lot of things. So oh. it's possible that no matter what he has in his background, nothing will stop him from at least running for president. And he has a very good chance of being the Republican pick, right? Which means that the Republicans will be putting all their support behind him. Florida is a hard ass state already. Like it is very difficult to beat conservatives in Florida because we know what the state represents. We understand the makeup. We know, you know, it's, 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 it's tough there. So DeSantis, he is more than likely going to run and he could very well be the Republican nominee with some. And then at this at that point, because I don't think Trump, I think Trump's time, his, he's in his swan song. He's, it's almost over. Um, and then he could win, right? DeSantis could win if we're not on top of it. Mm -hmm. Now, he has banned African-American AP studies from the high schools. Now, this is important, right? Because... He has also, he's the one who started the whole critical race theory, banning it from schools. He has been working really hard to do something that is critically important. And that is undermining education about history as it relates to African-Americans or Africans in America. He has been trying to undermine it and really try to reverse 
everything that people fought to get in the curriculum so that not just black folks could learn this stuff, but so white students would also be educated. The problem that they had, those white folks who are, many of them are in, many of them or the leaders of this, they're in what is considered to be the top 1%, 2%, right? They are, their issue, their problem is that more white people and especially younger white people are becoming more and more aware every single day of the oppression and the racism and the suffering of African-Americans and other people of color. They are becoming more aware. So when you have a situation like uh, Kellyanne Conway during the time while Donald Trump was I don't know. I don't know if he was running for president again or yeah, probably was during the presidential election. She was her daughter, Kellyanne Conway's daughter. That Kellyanne Conway, for anybody that doesn't know, at one point she was the um, the White House spokesperson or, you know, she was at the at the podium. I guess she was I don't know if she was uh, over um, uh, public relations, but I know she was the spokesperson. So she was at the podium. I, I, I forget. She might have been a press secretary. She might have been. So anyway, when Kellyanne Conway. <laughs> Um, you know, she was obviously supporting him in his re-election bid. And his and her daughter was on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and everywhere else, telling all their business, talking about Donald Trump, saying her mother was a hypocrite, saying that Donald Trump was dangerous. She she was really taking the social media to stop her mother, or at least to expose her mother's support for a bigot and a racist, right? Mm -hmm. So this went on with a number of the young people, the kids and the families of a bunch of folks. For instance, give you another example, Julius Jones, right? Julius Jones, we fought like hell, along with so many leaders, people who were out there every day fighting to get Julius Jones off death row right before, like seconds, minutes, right? Before he was scheduled to actually go be executed for a crime we know he did not commit. The governor was receiving calls and pushback from everybody. Anybody you could think of was calling the governor from white folks, black folks, brown folks, any and everybody, people with power, people with position, people with money, everything. So. After a while, people started tweeting at, writing, and calling, <laughs> excuse me, the governor's daughter, mm -hmm. telling her, hey, you know, stop your father, make your father sign the, what he needs to sign to stop the execution. The daughter was responsive and said, I have already expressed my views that Julius Jones should live, right? Now, she wasn't derogatory. Kellyanne Conway's daughter was off the chain. She was going live in the house with her mother, like showing her mother and being like, you're, did he, you're yeah, a hypocrite, shit. mom. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, uh, the, the governor's daughter for, for uh, Julius Jones, his position, you know, his daughter's position wasn't that it was um, uh, uh, disrespectful to him in any way, but she basically let it be known that she sides with the people. She supports our perspective in terms of stopping the execution against this man. This is important for what is happening with DeSantis because what's happening with them is that as they sit down, the one percenters, the two percenters, and they have conversations about their homes, whereas they grew up in environments where the granddaddy was a racist, the daddy was a racist, and they have learned all about racism and are upholding it themselves. And damn it, they are racist too. 
What is happening now is as we integrate into society, because we know that one of the major problems that these one percenters and otherwise of white folks have is how they are becoming a minority in our society, because there are more brown, the country is browning, if you will. The country is, is continuing to brown, especially the Latino population is growing um, exponentially, right? And so that that is one of the big pushbacks that we have is trying to figure out how with all this integration, people living together, people moving together, how do they stop their own from becoming sensitive to the issues and uh, that we're concerned about and how do they stop them from actually joining us in our movements the way we have seen white folks being all up in the marches and the protests and giving money. The best thing that you can do to make a people ignorant is to stop educating them on history and then allowing them to be exposed to current what is happening in the in the current state. And so he he's not just doing this because he woke up one day and was like, I just want to be mean. No, it's a part of a plan to dismantle what we have worked hard to build and to ensure that, that our education, the education about our stories and the truth about Black people and what, and, and main, and more importantly, the truth about what America has done and continues to do to us, that they unravel it at every single uh, angle. And education is a really important place to start. It. So that's what they're doing, um, and that's dangerous. It isn't like you said; it's intentional, and it's and it's because what you see with these children, right? What you see with the white children, and they're, and they're coming, they're speaking out against injustice because they're learning, they're doing, they're actually doing history. Is in the books. They are they're surrounded like it's a melting pot. It's black people, they're brown people in school. They're giving their history, and they're learning in their school. So when when their children are coming home and saying, "Mom and Dad, did you know this happened?" And why why haven't we done more? What have you done? And when, when all this was happening, what were you doing, right? They don't want to deal with that, the white guilt, right? So they want to eliminate white guilt. They want to eliminate education and actual, you know, camaraderie with having us having white allies, their children turning into white allies, their children looking to over overturn and overrun white supremacy and, 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 and shut down the systems of white supremacy. When you look into these streets, it's a lot of these young white kids out there advocating for civil rights. So they don't want that. They trying to study like, nah, we, we can't keep, we can't keep having our kids, you know, understanding how racist America was and what they've done throughout <laughs> the years to black and brown people. So we want to we want to stop this education. So DeSantis and everybody along that mind state is is is, is very very strategic. Like they have an, they have think tanks that are explaining right. to them that in the next ten to twenty years what this world will look like and how the education system is going to impact on what white people are doing and and how you know they're taking away from the white supremacist soldiers so to say because they can't keep feeding them the tea and keep giving them the Kool-Aid. They're not sipping the Kool-Aid no more because they're being educated. So the best way to do it is to take it out the education system and make them have to get it somewhere else the same way they did with slaves for years. They didn't want to educate slaves at all because they know to educate them is to empower them. Well, they tell us that we need to say enslaved people. Enslaved. enslaved. Slaves. Um, but, you know, you're right. That's all I can say is we know, we know, we just need to make sure everybody else knows. And I think the only other point is this is why elections matter and why we have to be paying attention from local to federal, uh, every single election, super local, it's important. 
I understand that there is a desire to say, that's why we need to build our own institutions so we can educate our own people. But again, it's not just about educating our own. If we're gonna live in a society with others, we want them to be educated as well. If you have a system where yes, all these governors, all of these people, we don't think not one of them is radical enough and that they have uh, a strong enough conviction for um, for for justice, right? We don't see that, right? We know that th it's not there, but we do know that there are degrees to which things can get much worse. And DeSantis is a very dangerous individual. So when we're sitting around talking about, well, we need to make money so we can build our institutions, that's fine. But we also, as leaders, have to know that the masses of our people are not where you are. You're building something, but you're not even there yet because it's nothing that you have at this point that is creating or that is that is educating a mass like the, the, the real you. structure of the system right. most we, people that create finances are, are just educating you on finances so the reality of the situation is you're not you're creating shit to build more money and that shit is cool but you haven't nobody has been successful or even intentional about building a system that combats this system Right. So that's something until we are. And I'm not saying that it's not stages, but while you're working on stages, you have to realize that another part of the stages is trying is, is, is harm reduction. We need harm reduction and not voting in these elections is really, really dangerous because um, it's actually, harm. It's actually introducing harm. <laughs> Very much so. Are you all about the NBA action? you got to try Pick 6, the newest fantasy app from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Right now, new customers can earn a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 in Pick 6 credits when you deposit $5 or more. Getting started is simple. Just download the DraftKings Pick 6 app and sign up with code TBE. Pick at least two players and choose if they'll have more or less of a stat. Like, will they score more or less than 30 points or have more or less than eight assists? Lock them in and compete against others for a shot at huge cash prizes. Download the DraftKings Pick 6 app now and get started with code TBE. New customers can earn a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 in Pick 6 credits when you deposit $5 or more. Only on DraftKings Pick 6 with code TBE. The crown is yours. One offer per new customer. Minimum $5 deposit to receive a match of up to $100 in Pick 6 credits. Non-withdrawable and valid for Pick 6 use only. Expire after 180 days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, 
Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like very of all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. That's how we own it. So here's a little bit of health information, especially for... Uh, women who are out there that heard yesterday, I watched it on the news. Actually, I was sitting in the doctor's office waiting for my um, ultrasound and mammogram appointment in which it has, I received my report and they did not find any breast cancer anywhere from under my arm, which is the nymph, the nympho, nymph, what did I say? Lymph nodes. Thank you. Lymph nodes, thanks, um, you know, to my breast. And, you know, by the way, ladies, I was going to talk about something else, but this is important. When you are having issues, if you feel a bump or pain or whatever, and I know insurances, some cover different things. Me personally, I have to pay out of pocket for the ultrasound portion of my mammogram uh, because my insurance covers mammogram, but it does not cover me getting an ultrasound unless there is something seriously wrong. However, the ultrasound is important because the mammograms at times, it can, different things can be hidden. Cancer can hide in different spaces. So the ultrasound is an extra reassurance of what the mammogram has already said. So my first mammogram report said that it did not detect cancer. It was negative. Um, maybe a little bit of cyst here and there, but that's something that we as um, women and especially Black women that we have and we do have to monitor and manage. Um, but then the ultrasound confirmed it by going back over all the areas. And so if you're listening, even if you're a man and you got a woman at home and you don't know, ask her, when's the last time you had a mammogram? And do you think about, you know, getting ultrasounds as well? Uh, it's important that we check our breasts because early detection is the best detection and it is the best solution for uh, care and how if you do catch something, your life can be longer based upon uh, getting the treatment that you need. So I have a clean bill of health with that area. And every month I'm doing something for the next few months just to make sure all the different things on, on, on my body that's together. Anyway, um, I saw that New York is going to be a state that gives out abortion pills. Um, now, you know, we believe in the right to choose. Everybody doesn't need kids. Some people have mistakes, issues, all kinds of things, rapes, lots of things happen. And we are not here to judge anybody for the decisions that they make. There's two different types of abortion pills. So actually, I was in the doctor's office watching in the news, and it was a nurse there, the head nurse of one of the departments actually was just sitting talking with me. Um, and she began to explain 
these two different, and this, by the way, is my um, thought of the day. The thought of the day today is about being super educated. Just like I just told you all about the mammogram and then an ultrasound being the follow-up. And by the way, your doctor, if your doctor feels like you need it, they can put an order in where it will be covered under your insurance if they really feel like you need it, especially for people who have had any type of augmentation, breast augmentation, you need to make sure that it's that you're going the extra mile. So this is about education, super important. So when the news showed that the that they're giving that they're giving out abortion pills in New York for free, you can go pick them up. She said to me, I said, wow. I said, oh, is this hospital also going to be a part of that program? She said, of course, right? It was it's a city hospital, actually. And so she began to explain that there's a difference. Education. There is a plan B pill, which is for oops, you know, hey, I don't know. Last night things, it was the pullout wasn't that good. The condom got stuck. I'm just not sure. I'm gonna go get this pill within a certain amount of hours. And the purpose of that pill is to put a coating around the, 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 the cervix and the uterus area where the it won't stick with the egg, right? So it blocks it so that the egg won't be penetrated and, and you can't get pregnant. And that's an early prevention thing that has to happen within whatever the time is they tell you on the plan B pill. The abortion, there's another pill this is a pill that when you take it, it actually for some time, it could be up to, again, you got to read, read, read the information on the package because mm -hmm. it can um, help you basically have an abortion later on. It's not the early part that stops you from getting pregnant at all. This is one that once you are pregnant, it can help to expire the pregnancy or it will expire the pregnancy. And most times the plan is that you take it and then you have contractions, you know, of you feel it. And eventually the fetus comes out, right? It, it, it will, it will come out. The problem with that is that some people need to have themselves checked so that they, in case they need something called a DNC, a DNC is where they go inside and they scrape out anything that may be left so that you don't have infections and things developing in your body from a foreign object or a foreign thing being there, a foreign cell being in your system. So the problem, the reason why education is so important, because we can sit here and act like, oh, it's just the women that don't take care of themselves, drug addicts and street people and you know that the, the class of people that we like to look at a certain type of way but the truth is that business women get busy they don't want to go back to the doctor they don't take care of themselves properly mothers with two kids people who are struggling stressing traveling all kinds of people there is no specific type for people who do not take care of themselves properly and do follow-up so if you take that abortion pill and just go about your business and don't take care of your body, it can actually be very harmful. It is not to say don't use it, don't get it. I support anybody who needs it. I'm saying make sure that you're educated on the full process 
So you can take care of yourself and know that you're not creating even more problems than the original one, which was being pregnant and, and having an unwanted pregnancy. So please get educated, people. My thought, education, education. My thought of the day today is that we can't just be doing stuff to do it. We've got to be smart about it. And it's just time. Like we know it's enough information out there. The mere fact that she told me this information and they didn't say it on the news, by the way, they didn't say it on the news. I'm sure they assume that when you get it, wherever you pick it up from, I'm sure there's a pamphlet and a thing. And they're going to but sometimes you hear it six times from different places. So when she said it to me, I felt like it was important for me to say it to others. Good job. Good job, Tamika. Educate the people. Education. Educate the people. Educate people on what you're wearing today so we can get our guests on. Oh, well, so listen, man. My guy, Ray, Rough Riders, he's always supported me, man. Ch Chasing Chicken, he got Jada Kiss. They've been doing anything for years, man. So shout out to them. And you see my hat, fuck off respectfully. I brought this from a Black-owned sneaker store in Brooklyn. So... You know, I'm, I'm doing my, I'm still doing my part pushing. Nothing wrong with that. Chicken, you know what I'm saying? Nothing wrong with that. I support right. 100%. Let's bring our guest on. Let's go. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time. Your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Smart journalism, fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. 
So today we got we have a friend back. We got a friend in the building today. The last few guests we've had, they have they became guests. I mean, friends after the show because we didn't really know them beforehand. But this one is our actual friend and dear sister. You know, she's my my buddy, my cut buddy. You shouldn't don't leave us anywhere together because we we cuts up real bad everywhere we go, and that's because. You know, we we appreciate sisterhood. We appreciate getting to enjoy one another and um and and learning together. You know, we we educate one another. We pray for one another. We we just we 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 talk about our children. We spend a lot of time trying to break away from the norms of what like the society is constantly pulling and pulling and pulling. And we're both givers. Um, so we found a lot of ways to invest in one another. And I'm really, really proud of watching Lucinda's growth. I remember the other day I heard you talking um, to somebody saying you were working on your vision board. And I think about this young lady, Lucinda Cross, and where she started with people doing vision boards to having an organization that is doing serious, like critical re-entry work, working with women and others, not just in America, but around the world. I have seen her, I've been looking on social media. I'm like, okay, that's a check. You got booked all the way in God knows where. Um, and so I want to introduce Lucinda Cross, which most of y'all, if you don't know Lucinda, you should know her. She's the founder of Activate Your Life, an organization dedicated to supporting women's reentry and reducing recidivism. And recidivism in this conversation is super important. You'll hear more about Lucinda's um, story and why uh, she's not just a perfect guest for the show today, but why she has, is dedicated and committed to the work that she's doing. So welcome, Lucinda Cross, my sister. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm excited. How you feeling? To be What's going on with you, man? I'm good. I'm good, brother Mice. I'm good. I'm good. The general. <laughs> What's up? Looking good. You always inspiring. You know, I go to get motivation. Like she said, I was talking about my vision board. And the first time I ever heard about a vision board was at an event that you was doing. And mm. I see you doing vision board. And I was like, okay. And then it's something that stuck with me. And it's been very well. Like, like I'm one of those people that got to see things, you right. understand what I'm saying? But I'm also one of those people that don't like to plan. So I'm right. I'm like in between, like I'm very creative. I, I I like to just get to things and I don't like to plan. So that's one of my things, a pet peeve of mine is that I, for 2023, that I said, I really want to get over. I want to start planning things out. I want to start writing things down. I want to start visually seeing and putting things in order. So that's that was one of the things I did, and you was a big inspiration for that. So I want to say thank yeah. you. Yeah, I pat myself on the back to get a, a man involved. That's huge. Yeah, it's that's huge, huge. You know, so so tell us about um, tell us about activate your life. You know, because I we I want we're gonna go into you, but I want to hear about activate because it's so deep. You got so many layers <laughs> of dopeness. You know, so we're gonna we're gonna uh -huh. take a little time with this. Well, listen, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take all the flowers right now. Hold on, that's right. Yeah, I hear my speaking. But um, what I will say, because this to me, this is important, right? This is part of reducing recidivism. And so for me, with the organization Activate Your Life, it started from my own personal journey of being incarcerated, at-risk youth, just out there and trying to find a quick hustle. No one told me how to plan. No one told me how to set goals. Where I came from in the Bronx, BX in the building, um, where I came from, there was there was no one coming to the community 
to save you or to say, hey, I've made it and this is what you could possibly become. So either you idolize those who were on the street or you became a part of the street for me in my experience. And so with Activate Your Life, what happens after you've gone through a, a, tra a traumatic situation? What happens after you've been incarcerated or had some type of criminal encounter? What happens? Who, where's the plan? Where's the process? Because you end up going back to sometimes the same communities, to the same people who's doing a lot of the same things and no one, there's no growth. And so we activate your life. Our goals is we're on the four pillars, education, empowerment, entrepreneurship, and economics. And so we focus on those four pillars to say, listen, we can help you with a plan. And that leads back to vision boarding, but we let's help, let's create a plan for success. What does this look like? What do you use these resources that you run into? So in short, not only do we bridge the gap between partnerships that we create almost every week with other re-entry organizations and halfway houses, but just really stepping out into the community and say, listen, without my lashes and all of this other stuff, I, I, I was here and I was able to create a plan and let me show you how to do this. And we have mentors and mentees that link up to support one another. So I love the organization. I love what I do. And it's more of the reason why I wake up every day when I feel like saying, mm, not today, no, go walk into that halfway house and let those ladies know they could do it. How long have you been in existence? How long has Activate been in existence? So I've been doing the work with this since 2010, officially and under the the nonprofit, because people, my mentor said, you got to, you got to do something, let me turn this into a professional uh, business, uh, I was 2015. So the, the main programming is going into working with women who are at risk or you just work with women. Because I see women, which by the way, what I was getting ready to say or what I am going to say prove, to prove a point about the level of ignorance that a lot of people have is that these women that I see, they got they look good as hell, okay, that go to your events. And they spending a little bit of cheese to get in, right? So it's not like, you just doing stuff for free all over. You have women who, who want to pay you because I've seen, I've heard them like investing in you so that you could come and work with them. And the reason why I talk about the ignorance is because one would think that that group is a group of people who's like busted and broke down and they do not look that way at all. Yeah, no. And that's, that's where, that's the for-profit side, right? That leads to being a mentor for the nonprofit side. But those women that show up at these events that we, we call it We Nation, those women that show up, we, we want to combine an executive and a woman who's recent, most of the women we work with are already released, right? They've been released for several years. Some of them are working on their second, third masters, right? It's not a game out here. They're highly educated. They are supporting their families. But you talking about the women who have been released are working on their second and third masters. Yes. My God. There's an organization called College and Community Fellowship, and they support and push these women into getting their degrees and getting educated. I mean, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. But what happens when you come out and you don't know where to go? Everyone is telling you just get a job. So bridging the gap with these resources lets you know, okay, here, we can get some money. My goal, my job is to sit at the table with Delta Airlines, to sit at the table with Capital One. Mm -hmm. We need funding to make sure that these women have what they need to succeed and thrive economically. And, and are you hiring them? <laughs> you know, are you hiring them? Not just, 
you know, making it a check on the box of this is what you want to do. Are you really doing the work? And if so, let's see the numbers. What does that look like? When I think about, I hear that Black women are the, the biggest growing population in prisons right now, right? So I want to know, just from a standpoint of professionalism, what are the biggest challenges that Black women are having that, that you find that are taking them to jail? And then what, what are the challenges that you have when they re-enter society? Oh, lack of lack of funding, mm -hmm. finance, and lack of support, family support. A lot of times these women, a big part of it, the, a big percentage of it is not just, it's not having that family support. There is no support system. They are the whole support system, either for their, their families or for their children. And then when they come home, they still have to fall back into place and pick up those pieces, still trying to put their own life together. It's extremely tough. And then not to have the financial resources. Not everyone who comes home is running to the social service department. They don't want to do that. There's a level of, of pride as well. And I, and I love that. I admire that. But the main thing is just not having those resources. And then they end up falling. This is why reducing recidivism is important. They end up falling in some of those same old patterns. Let me just do this to get here. Let me just do this to, to level up and, and, and get myself on some on a playing field so it, it's pretty let's unpack that let's unpack that because more specifically like what is it exactly that they're getting charged with that's making them the fastest growing population and then what are we doing for our men that is slowing down the amount of black men going in so is it that there's programming more so targeted towards trying to keep black men out of prison and black women are not included in that just because people don't see us as being at risk as much like what would you say the issues are Oof. all right let's <laughs> to, to, and I, I love this i love these questions who you know but these women are on these men that on these cases as well and a lot of times they're taking the charge to lessen the time for their partner. So listen, I, 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 I can't take this charge, babe. You know, can you? And so a lot of times the weight is also put on them a lot of times with these cases or they're connected in the case because if he's driving in the car, you was driving with him in the car. He's got the minks, you got the minks. He got the cars, you got the cars. So the charges is a big on drugs, big on drugs, big on the scamming right now, identity theft, huge. Right. So outside of just drugs, it's the it's the identity theft and whether it's trafficking or whether it's possession, that's the main, you know, what I'm seeing now in the statistics. The other side of it is these women are taking these charges. They have no problem with saying, all right, I'll do this one to three. So he doesn't get this because it's harder. The laws are a lot harder on the men. So I'll, I'll do this one to three for you. So you don't have to do this seven to 10. Somebody has to be home for our, our child. Damn. And, and, and most of the times there is no plan in place to say, listen, this is what we're doing. Even if she wasn't involved, a lot of times the women may not have, may not be involved, but because they're connected and <laughs> there goes the conspiracy. It, it, the system is, is, is tricky. There's, they leave no wiggle room. They leave no room to, to look at the true case in the matter. And um, it, it, it's sad. It's, it's, it's sad, but we were pushing forward. We're pushing forward. We have to look at these policies. We have to look at these laws. We have to look at why are we constantly sending these men back? Once they want, it's like once you touch down 
one time with the criminal justice system, their goal is to keep your name rotating. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's as if you can never get free from that number and become the name that you are for both sides, men and women. So when I listen to this, right, I remember I was talking to Remy, my sister, the, the rapper, the entrepreneur, Remy Ma from the Bronx, and we was talking about prison. And um, she was just talking about how the visiting floors in the prison is nobody coming to visit these women. There's no men on these visiting floors. When she used to be down there, it's probably two or three visits. And I'm listening to you. And I know also well that a lot of these women are taking these charges. A lot of men got three strikes and they're like, yo, look, you're going to get four or five years. They're going to give me 25 and 30. And women are holding their men down. So what happens? So are these men, when they come back in society, are men taking care of these women? Or they do, do you see that happening? Or structures? I mean, are just from, just not even just from, the um, institutional stuff, so just knowing you being a woman who was formerly incarcerated and having friends who have the, are men playing their roles? Like when the women get back to society, are they holding them down? Like, are they trying to rebuild them? Cause there's a lot of women that when men get home, they got women that's, yo, I got a place for you to live. This, so I don't, is that happening? Cause I, I want, I want, cause I want us to do better. It's a lot of, cause I, I'm, I'm constant and I'm consistent on calling out men because I feel like, We've we we've fallen from a level of just grace, a level of strength, like a, a level of just responsibility. I don't see it, and and I'm saying us. I don't just say me, because I, I, I'm even myself. I got to call out certain shit because society has normalized bullshit for us. So mm -hmm. I'm asking you so that it ain't just coming from me. I want to hear what you have to say so men can be listening and stop it. Oh, y'all just mad and women. No, you got to listen to the reality of what's going on when people are dealing with situations and women are telling you, this is our reality. This is what we're dealing with. Mm -hmm. You got to listen to it so that you can do better. So not to give a, 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 a BS pass, right? To what you was just saying, the mindset where's the reform so yes he may come home and she's got the house and she's been holding it down but where's the reform for him mentally mm -hmm. and where is the reform for her without having the male at home how can we expect now we're two different people one is both are institutionalized just because one was in prison and one was at home taking care of the family or taking care of herself both are institutionalized there's no reform there's no support there's no therapy there's no conversation on the female side or the woman's side, she has expectations most likely won't be met mm -hmm. because he also is trying, he has expectations and a vision. And it's just like, listen, I'm just trying to get back in the groove. You, 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 you two on me, you what's what's going on. And I, I can only speak as a woman's side, just hearing what men are saying, but they're both learning each other because you're two different people now. Once the home is broken, this is my point of view, my experience and observation, it's broken. We have to start from ground zero. We can't start, well, I was there for you holding you down for eight years. Okay, but my eight years, you know how much stuff and stress and stuff that I got to hide from you that's it, that I'm sleeping with that night and then you want me to wake up and still be in a great mood and ask you how was your day and did you get the kids to school? It doesn't work like that and vice versa. She's on the same level. She's like, mm. You think you, you, it's just about you looking cute and everybody giving you a bag to get yourself together. We've been struggling here. You know, you know how many times I had to show up, uh, order to show cause. So both are damaged because the home has been broken for whatever reason. And there is no real 
put back together pattern, right? Because mom has been for the men, for the women who is, is inside and Remy Ma is correct inside. You don't see grandma's bringing the babies, right? So, but where's grandpa? Okay. Grandpa is not in the home at all. And then if you look the generation before that, so it's men missing out of the home, structure missing out of the home. There's no uh, foundation to start with, right? We just was having fun. Then the foundation broke because somebody got incarcerated and now we're coming back into brokenness at the same time. So it's hard to mend that together. Listen, I've been there on both sides, doing the visits to, I gotta go see my boyfriend to then it was on me you know, shipping out the packages. And then I'm like, wait, nobody's sending me packages. Everybody in the hood was enjoying the sneakers and everything. Nobody sent me a magazine. So it builds a level of bitterness and anger and frustration that is never healed. It's a healing issue. I don't think it's something that we can put on men or women. There's no healing. There was no healing from the start. So we can't expect it to be healing in the process of us trying to grow and get back into, let me be a woman and not my number. Let me be a man and not what society's calling me as the statistic who's just, they just waiting to lock me up again. So you said we were just having fun and then it all blew up, right? Life just changed. So talk about that for you, right? And your story of how you ended up incarcerated. Because when I've heard the story before, Sounds like it was all just a good time and then it just wasn't. <laughs> you know, so what's that transition like from it being a good time to it being some serious, serious stuff? And what was life like being incarcerated at what age were you? 18, 19. The fun it, for me, it started out of a need, right? And I you hear that often. I hear it often in the street. Listen, I need to do this. You know, my mother doesn't have it. So for me, it started as a need. My mother was a single mother. I had three younger brothers. I'm the oldest. I didn't want to put the financial pressure on her. We were in, they call it NYCHA. We called it the projects. So I'm in the project. So it's like, listen, and now I'm in this school that I don't fit in at. And I'm like, I need to get some money. These girls got Amex cards. They drive in. Here I am walking from the Bronx to catch a bus to walk again to New Rochelle to go to this Iona private school I'm playing myself and I'm broke and I'm hungry and everybody's looking good but me Mm -mm. I have to find a way and of course when you set yourself and the intention same thing with goals you set your intentions and I need to get some money I need to get this money of course there's going to be some other opportunities that come your way to say oh you want to get some money let's let's wave some carrots in front of her and I decided to take plan b instead of plan a and plan b led me traveling and yes did I enjoy it at first it was a need I was like I'm going to travel go get the suitcase drop the suitcase off go pick up another suitcase drop it off and so from me going from Thailand to Africa to Japan to Singapore all these places picking up suitcases and dropping them off when they people joke now like oh secure the bag workshop no Lucy secured a bag it was really go get the Samsonites put them on the plane and just sit there and act like you modeling and do what you have to do. It became now an addiction because the money was coming fast. I was traveling at the same time. And yeah, I thought it was a joke. I'm like, they, they, they stopped me numerous times, never caught me. It's, this is, this is the life I'm going back to my hood. Now I'm a hood celebrity. So now I'm not just one of y'all. Now I'm like, Oh yeah, she's, She's getting us the sneakers. She's doing this. She's doing that. You know, she's, we get motorcycles. Like now I'm like hood celebrity. It's a high and it's, it's a naive high. I don't glorify it because it's nothing to glorify, but my message, even in sharing this with you all, 
even for the young girls who are watching or the women who are watching, that stuff dies down. When you're inside, you're no longer this person with the minks and the chains and the cars and supporting the community. None of that matters when you got to put that orange suit on. And that was my wake up call after making all of this money. So people say, how much money you make? I don't even want to talk about that. Do you want to know how many times I almost lost my mind? My first encounter inside of um, being incarcerated, and I was part of a case that I didn't even know existed. I just was doing my thing, getting my suitcases, dropping the dope off, picking it up, dropping the dope off, and picking my money up from Chicago, coming back to New York, and just having a blast. Not like what you see, how they see on TV. Like, have, have, come on, y'all come in here. I've been going crazy. Yeah, it was a big deal. You was a part of a case you didn't even know was happening. Oh, I was a part of. And a lot of times we think that it's just us. My name was my whole case, the whole case, 28. It started out with 65 co-defendants down to 28, all females. None of the men got incarcerated, all females. All was a telephone conspiracy. All they heard was my name on a telephone line. They never caught me. They've seen me, they couldn't catch me. They, and not that I was running, they tried to get my suitcases. And of course I'm 18, like, what y'all doing? Like, come on, hurry up. Y'all messing up my pina colada. It's like, I'm ready to get into Mexico. Very naive and, and arrogant. They never caught me. This was a telephone conspiracy starting all the way from Thailand to Lagos, Nigeria, Chicago to New York. I was, it was two of us from New York. That was the only people that was on the case, two Americans and the youngest Americans on the case. At What's the tail it? end, at the tail end at that. Yeah, how many, how much you I'm sorry, you? I just can I just ask one more? I just wonder what state were you in when you served time? Um, so I went from New York, the case was in Chicago, and then I served my time in Bryan, Texas. You was in the feds. Feds, yeah. So and how how much time did you serve? Four and a half. Four and a half years. Wow. That's crazy. All women? I never heard of an all woman. All women. All all women. Because the women on the case, what did they do? They protected the men. Wow. They protected yeah. the men. So it was all 28 of us co-defendants on the case. And they just took it. But what my point is, what I was saying is even being extradited from New York to Chicago, as big as the case was at that time, my first nine months was inside a SAG because they were like, we don't know this. There's like 20, there's some 20, 30 co-defendants upstairs. She's the only American and the youngest. Do we send her upstairs? I had to fight to even get into general population. Nine months by myself in the cell. Why would they even do that to an 18, 19 year old? Yeah, that's, that's, I tell Why people- Why would they even do that? I tell people solitary confinement is, is a mental breakdown. It's, it's mental warfare. It, it it definitely breaks down your mindset. Any, anytime you do over 30 days in solitary confinement, it, you have mental health issues. You, you, you instantly have it. I tell people that yeah. all the time. I, I experience seclusion and issues, but like I need to be by myself. I can't be around people all the time. I deal with that. And it comes from just being in, in the box for what? I did like 90 days in the box. And after the 30 days, it, it was too much. So I know a lot of my friends who did five and six years and 10 years, and I watch the way that they are unable to even interact in society. Yeah, you know the so, only thing I did, my, I told you, I said, God, just keep my mind. There was a warden, her name was Miss Christmas out in MCC Chicago. And she was the only one fighting to make sure that I got extra rec time. And, but she didn't know the other stuff that was happening from her 
team that they were taken advantage of. That's a whole nother, that's a whole nother show of what happens being a female in solitary confinement where you're taking advantage of where the men in there were, they were like, listen, the inmate, the male inmates in there, if it wasn't for some of those gang leaders at that time, not glorifying any of that, but sitting there ready to fight to say, listen, if you don't let her out, we flooding this whole place. We're going to end up, if you don't let her out and get a shower, what are you doing over there by herself? It was horrible. So I told him, it's all fun and games. When mm -hmm. you out there tossing it up, the Gucci Louie, that's all nice. I ain't have none, none of that mattered. None of that mattered when I'm trying to, when I'm being a taken advantage of back then you had to um, buy stamps. When you have, when you got it, they, you, they taken advantage of you so you could make a phone call to your mother. They'll get a stamp to mail a letter. Horrible. Speaking know. of mental health, Lucinda, what would you, how do you describe your mental health state from that all those years ago? How many years has it been now? Oh man. We old, gone, gone. <laughs> we old. What, 22, 20, 22. Wow. Is it 22, 21 years? 21 years later. Yeah, because that was 2000 is when it was done. So, so what would you say your mental health state is today? Do you still have, because you're so busy and you're engaged in so much that is powerful. So I'm imagining that part of that is, um, helps you with your mental health and just in general, because I know I feel the same way. All the stress we go through, all the things we do, every battle that we get in, it helps me to be encouraged that, you know what, at least we're still fighting. At least there's a mother that is grateful for our support. And that in and of itself is very therapeutic. So I'm sure you have that, but are, because I know I have watched both Jamila T. Davis, our good friend and sister, and my son and my brother, Derek and others, I have watched them and I can see clear signs of former incarceration because of just different behavioral things that they do, especially the seclusion stuff with my son. So do you feel like you experienced something that you know comes from that time? That's funny. I want to ask you, do you see that with me? <laughs> do you see? No, no. But I don't spend, I don't, I don't travel with you mm -hmm. and spend as much time Got you. with you as I do with those folks. You know what I'm saying? Right. So my mother, God bless her soul. She, before even going in, this is the reason why I would say the mindset shift for me and being mentally strong besides having therapy, right? Um, but she was a double psychology major, like two masters in psychology. I was helping her write all her papers. I was her guinea pig for every mental project. So I was like her small little mental case. And so for me, I used all of that, mm. all of that while I was inside in the hole, reading, putting myself in a position, thinking beyond my limits. And so you, and and prayer worked, but it, it helped me to release it. I, my whole prayer was God, just keep my mind. This is so horrible. I don't even want to remember what's going on, not to blank it out, but I'll unpack it later. But with my mother's teaching and reading and her doing certain exercises with me, even including, we call the creative visualization, but including like these vision board pieces, that was, that was, that was key to keeping my mind right. And also 
Med the meditation is powerful. I went from studying yoga to um, Ifa, African religion, to Muslim. I, I just dived myself into so many things that I wanted to see. There's no way you're going to take my mind if I build it, right? Mm -hmm. If I build it and I build on it and I create the spiritual thing, I can, This it's a muscle and it's, and it's, it's extremely strong. I honestly got weak mentally when I got home, but inside, mm -hmm. powerful, powerful, only because of my mother's uh, teaching before even arriving there, before even knowing, I mean, starting from eight years old, being constantly taught how to think, how to handle your fears, how to handle your emotions. She didn't have a breakdown. Wait, where's your emotions? That's energy and motion. Get yourself together. Let's understand where this is coming from. Some things you keep, some things you release. She was very, very strict on how we carried ourselves and character. Her whole thing was character, not clout, character. Build your character, build your mindset, and it'll never be broken. And she didn't lie. She didn't lie because she used to watch me when I came up. You good? You okay? You having nightmares? Ma, I'm good. You can make me a sandwich. You know, but it was, it was, that's the truth. Not, I'm not trying to be a superhero here, but most people don't have that. They don't have the, you go straight from the streets to whatever, straight into incarceration and you come back out. Where's the training mentally? Prison te teaches you to be a survive, to survive. My mother taught me how to mentally thrive before even getting there without even knowing her daughter, her only daughter would be in prison. Well, I, I, like I said, I'm always inspired by you and just listening to you being and, and, and having that same, you know, experience, but just not having someone who was adept in the knowledge like your mother was. So, you know, you, you were blessed with that type of tool and someone who can hone the energy and direct it and redirect you and give you all those things you need. So you're blessed in that man. And you, and that's why you're such a beacon of light because you were given that same energy and you give that radiate that same energy back. And everybody in your presence is lucky to have you. You are a jewel. You are a prize. We definitely appreciate you. You know, I just want you to leave us with something that, one of the most important things that you learned throughout life, like a real life lesson that you feel is like one of the most important things that if these young girls or or boy, anybody is hearing it right now that they can just take with them and, and along their journey to, you know, if they even if they're not just forming, just what you learned about life. Right. Because, I mean, some people are incarcerated and they're free and they've never touched a prison. Right. They just mentally incarcerated and they can't break out of it. And back to that point, I did deal, I still do deal with being an introvert. Like I'm okay with being in my little corner. Too much interaction is too much. I want, after I get off the stage, I want to get in my corner. So my thing that I want to leave people with is never let your past define you. I know we, we've heard that before, but no matter what pain you have gone through, use that, use that pain, use your story, use your message and impact somebody else's life that helps you to get over what you've gone through. So that's what I would leave them is take what you went through your pain and push it out for someone else to help them get on purpose. Well, damn it. You using yours. You are an international phenomenon. Right. And I know it's not easy for you to talk about that story. Still, to I can see, and it always is that way. Every time you have to speak about what you've been through, yes. you can see the discomfort, you know, because it is in your past, but it is such a powerful part 
of how you're able to touch so many women. Because number one, um, and men, don't we just put we like she touch us too. We <laughs> no, I'm not. I, I'm not saying she's not. But as someone who's never been incarcerated, but I have struggles, right? When I look at you, I realize it could have been worse. It could have been worse, right? It could have been worse. And yet we're still, look at you, you're standing. So I know I can stand because I haven't even been through this. When I, and it helps me when I'm looking at some of these mothers who lost their children to you know, the system and hey, <laughs> mine is still here, right here in fact, in this moment, right? And, 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 and I know that it could be worse, but it's our responsibility to fight like hell to try to prevent more tragedy from occurring in our communities and more women from going down a path that once you go down that path, the it, it's not, it doesn't just break you, it breaks our entire community. It breaks our entire society because yes. Black women are so needed. We're so powerful. We actually are the foundation of America 100%. And we know that. And so your strength is my strength. My strength belongs to someone else. And I just want to say that, you you know, just keep pushing forward. I know you will. Nothing will stop you. You, you know, I remember when we was getting $2,500 to speak somewhere, if that, and today you can add some zeros, um, you know, to our, our, but what we say, if it's, we'll still take it. Don't, we'll don't, don't it. not call us because we still will take we it. Still take it. But thank God, you know, God saw to it that we were, that a seed was poured into us for the seeds that we have planted. And, um, and I'm just, I'm just, I'm proud of you. That's it. That's all I can say. Same here. Same here. Listen, we all in the, we are all in this together. Even as I sit here today, still fighting a generational curse in my own personal situation, right? And so still fighting to make sure my children are not mentally incarcerated or physically incarcerated. So it's still a challenge um, that goes beyond, you know, just even this conversation with these households in these communities and what these families really need, what they the really, really need. The struggle continues. Thank you to our dear sister and yes, friend. Yes, we love you. We got to, I got to get you on, sit down with the stand-up so you can get deep into this conversation. So yeah. that's the next interview. Count me in, count me in. Activate right. your life. If you don't know Lucinda Cross, you better go follow her right now. You better get to know her. That's right. Life-changing, a life-changing sister. And to me, just watching your lives and watching everything you do, you become a friend to people who've never met you. So thanks for joining Street Politicians, sis. Thank you. Peace. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employer's respect. It's time. Your time. 
not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billy's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna, like that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. My sister Lucinda Cross, man, she's she's a beacon, man, a light. Just understanding what she's been through and just watching her, always smiling, always educating, always you know enlightening and, and and worried about others. Understanding that what she went through, you know, the impact that it had on her, and wanting to make sure that you know she can lighten the load of other women who are formerly incarcerated and reentering society. So. She's amazing. You know, when she talks about, I know a lot about the story. And when she talks about the things that she went through, you know, she, she mentions very like glossed over, you know, why, why are you as an officer standing next to her cell that the male um, incarcerated individuals saw that and was like, we're not going to allow you, whatever you think you're trying to do, you're not going to do it in here. That's the type of stuff that she suffered being in prison for four and a half years. I can imagine. And transports and trans, she talks about how terrible transporting is from one jail to the next. Going- I, I hated being transported. Mm. Like I, I, I didn't want to go to doctor's visits, you know, Two reasons, that was two reasons that I didn't go to my grandmother's funeral. I didn't even want, I, the traveling from upstate and all, and what you go through in transit is like the worst shit ever. Like nobody wants to do transit. Yeah, she went from New York to Chicago to Texas. Wow. Crazy. So, and that brings me to my, I don't get it. As we talk about incarceration, this is an excellent segue. I was hearing over the last couple of days, 21 Savage on Clubhouse, which is the place I think is the worst fucking place in the world. Like Clubhouse to me is a cesspool of individuals who actually have nothing going on but but Clubhouse. They own it for 24 and 48 hours. And first of all, I don't understand why someone as successful as 21 Savage, who has money, who has fame, who has all this shit, it's in the pig pen on Clubhouse. Like, and, and he's been there for, and I just keep trying to figure out, like, 
Savage, why do you keep being on Clubhouse with these dudes that don't got nowhere near as much to lose as you? They trying to get you out of your character. They talking crazy to you. They trying to make you clickbait. They trying to be get a news cycle with you. Why do you constantly entertain it? And once again, he's entertaining dudes, you know, that want to rile him up and talk about violence, this and that. And I'm just saying, I don't get why someone who has so much to lose and who is who's who's overcame so many obstacles is constantly on Clubhouse. Like, come on, Savage. Like, you one of the artists that I actually, a young dude that I see trying to grow. You know what I'm saying? And you let these people pull, you let these people, you trick you out of your spot. Cause that's what's gonna happen. And the shit he's talking about on there, which I'm not even gonna talk about, but what he's talking about on there. Is is actually allowing people to put trick him out of a spot. If, you know, I believe that the feds is all over Clubhouse. I believe that they just sit in Clubhouse rooms and they just taking notes and they following you and they tapping your phone because these people on Clubhouse give you so much information about everybody. They talking about who's snitching, what they told, how they know because they was there and a man's man's was there and they was on a phone call and they put the 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 the, the text message on there. It's it is it is the rest haven. For the FBI. So what I don't get is why somebody like 21 Savage is constantly on there. And he's not talking about, you know, I don't understand if we're debating about issues about the public or this and that. But they talking about streets and who can shoot who and how many niggas put niggas down. And, how, and it just doesn't make sense to me. You know what I'm saying? And I, and, I want, and I want us to do better, man. First, I want the crime... You know, us to understand that it's we're not getting nothing by talking about how tough we are. All we do, all we doing is creating indictments on each other. We if I told about we're gonna kill you and my man's doing this, it's indictment. It's indictment waiting to happen. And they just waiting to, to, to tie you into some bullshit. So not just 21 Savage, anybody of good moral standards. I had to get off of Clubhouse because Tamika told me, if you don't get the fuck off of Clubhouse, nigga, you could I you can't work with me or nothing. Any nigga that's just on Clubhouse talking to these nobody niggas. And I had to think about that shit. I was like, wow. And it was just one or two conversations. But I thought, you know, I'm going to go there. It's a, it's a marketing. And I realized that shit ain't no marketing tool. It is a tool for the federalities. It's nothing but low bottom feeders and people with federalities. Man, I don't, it's nothing there, man. So Savage, any other young king, please find you something else to do. Please, Clubhouse ain't it, man. I do not get what y'all doing on there. If you look at the niggas that's on there, it's like they give they give credence and they give relevance to niggas that should never have any level of relevance. None at all. Clubhouse, if you use any form of social media for progress, for change, for information, I'm with it. You know, I see there are some Clubhouse conversations. Like I see Lee Merritt. He pops in every now and then. And I know what he's on there doing. He's on there educating people about cases, right? I'm not saying that there shouldn't also be forums just to have a good time, just to laugh and talk stuff. But Clubhouse has become a cesspool of ignorance. And it really is a, a magnifying glass at the internet in general. A bunch of faceless people for the most part. And here this young man is. 21 Savage is somebody who we actually can see that it's not just Clubhouse though. The entire, I say this probably every show and I'm a matter of fact, I've decided that's what I'm going to do on every show. If I have some content, 
I'm going to talk about why the internet is so dangerous because that we, we need to be aware of how the internet is actually killing our communities. It's killing our people. It's killing, we are so addicted to it that we, think, we gotta run to it with everything. And it can get us so stirred up that we end up talking so much that we talk too much. And that is, it's the, it's the drunkness of media and, 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 and wanting to express your opinion and your feelings to people who most of the time they don't matter. And even if they do matter, if they believe in you, they believe in you. And if they don't, they're not going to because you sat up and argued with people back and forth all day and night. So that's how I feel about social media and Clubhouse. I went on there a few times. I, I probably will never go back. And I definitely, two things I don't want. I don't want to work with anybody that sit up on Clubhouse and argue with people all the time because it's too much for my nerves. And number two, I definitely, definitely, as I am in my search of life for where my husband will come from, he can't be on Clubhouse. So if you're on Clubhouse, don't reach out. Don't come to my DMs because I'm not interested. <laughs> Clubhouse is the outhouse. It's the outhouse. And with that said, we've come to the end of another amazing episode of Street Politicians. Shout out to our guests, the incomparable Lucinda Cross. You just got to look her up. You got to follow her. She motivates. She elevates. She does everything necessary. So shout out to her for being here. And shout out to us for being here and having a number one show. You know what I'm saying? Street Politicians, number one show. Go to Street Politicians Pod on Instagram. Leave a comment. DM us about any titles you want. Tell us how much you love us. You don't love, love us. Whatever. You know, we appreciate you. But thank you for all of our listeners, everybody who follows us. We definitely appreciate you. And keep spreading the word. Let people know about Street Politicians, number one podcast in the world. I'm not going to always be right. Tamika D. Mallory is not going to always be wrong. But we will both always, and I mean always, be authentic. Peace. Listen to Street Politicians on the Black Effect Network on iHeartRadio. And catch us every single Wednesday for the video version of Street Politicians on iWomen.tv. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. 
Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club.